right, here we go. It's just after 1 o'clock on Monday, March 1st. Welcome to the podcast today. An extra voice for a Monday, but a familiar one. It's Eric Chase and the fam. We're glad you have found the podcast. I thought I'd hear some giggling or some some cackling from that extra voice. Hi. (laughs) There it is. There it is. What song is this? My faith. I like it. Do you? Eric gave me such a hard time about it. He did it. You know, you you did. You did it. You you brought the song on, but you're like, really? (laughs) It kind of got me going. I wouldn't qualify qualify that as a hard time, but okay. Fair enough. All right. You didn't give me a hard time, but you had something to say. Um, You know, songs that start up, but it sounds like something different and then it starts going. You're like, but I'm here for it. I love that song. Um, we're going to do a catch-up, because Floyd's here today. We're, Floyd, we'll do the catch-up shortly. Um, Alex, let's let's literally like buzzsaw through this Mr. Yes. Juwan, uh, Juwan Armour. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, let, we'll let sleeping dogs lie. Um, and thankfully, it hasn't turned into um, like a nuclear mushroom cloud, and it's seemingly decent debate on, on each side. So um, the city finally hired somebody for 70-some thousand dollars. And remember, every city employee, you can see how much they make on the internet. That's uh, how much it was? Yeah, like seventy-two Dang. or $74,000. Um, so they, they hired somebody to be like a violent interrupter. We had talked about this over the summertime. And I don't know if that's the specific name of the position, but it's basically somebody who can be a conduit between the city and police and some of the rougher neighborhoods um, in Toledo. His name is Juwan Armour. He grew up here and went to school here, uh, high school, I think, and then he moved away, played in the NFL for a little bit, was doing something, I believe, in the Columbus area, and now he's back. I thought it was a perfectly good hire. He's about 44 years old. Um, nice little resume, but the Toledo uh, the po- Toledo Police Patrolman's um, Assembly Agency, Alex? Union. Union. Mm-hmm. The Toledo Police Patrol people weren't real thrilled with it because Mr. Armour has a couple of pockmarks on his on his resume. Um, usually, it's it's been fighting, and we're talking about like over the last fifteen years. In fact, the most recent one was it was I believe a DUI in 2018, which kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. Like, Mm. that's kind of recent, but Mm -hmm. all the fighting stuff is deep in the past. The Patrolman's Association was not having it. And Alex pointed out, um, like, who were you expecting to get for this job? In fact, what what he has overcome and where he is makes him the perfect, because he is, um, it would be like me speaking on mental health, not having gone through all the things that I went through. Doesn't that make him relatable? So it's right up our alley. It's it's literally like what I do, Eric, what you do day in and day out. It's peer support. That's all it is. It's just peer support for a different type of, we speak about it in, in the concept of mental health. Um, agreed. Like what, what did you, what did you expect? You know, like the, I think the, I think we're starting to get to a point where you're even to be a police officer, you should not have to have a perfect record because relatability will get you the furthest. So this is what this guy has. I agree with you. The 2018 um, DUI is a little bit troubling. Personally, I don't hire. I mean, I hire peers with lived experience, but you have to have at least a two-year gap between yourself and that lived experience, at least two years removed from some of those challenges that you've had, other than the ones that you just, you know, some of the ones you experience day in and day out. So um, that one was like, ooh, that's a little, that's, that's interesting. But I agree. Like, I'm like, you know, this could be a really good opportunity to show a real life example of bridging the gap. Like this guy was not going to have a record that did not involve um, some serious offenses and some hiccups with police that I can understand they feel like they want an apology for. And maybe that should happen in some fashion. And it could be an example to the rest of the country and how you go about doing things like this. But what can I chime in for a yeah. second? Yes, I, I really know nothing about this because I work a lot. But um, for me, and actually this is my first time hearing this, so I'm just, if I sound very naive or like, Floyd, you don't know what you're talking about. But for me, I would think as someone who's in these rougher communities, I would love to see someone like that. Because not me personally, but I'm just saying if I live that experience like you just said, mm-hmm. I live my truth. It, what if I did have a DUI as a youth? I can actually see that I can overcome that and become something. Right. Like it goes back to that relatability factor. Yeah. Um, 
if I'm a street youth, you know that's my favorite phrase. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm a street youth running around in gangs, the gang life can only take you so far. At some point, I'm going to be like this man, 44, who's going to be who's going to be a peer essentially. Oh, oh, I, 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 whoa! That's my that's my street youth. Go on, go no, on. No, 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 but no, like so, like for me, like say if I'm in a gang and I'm oh like, my I, god, you're fine. And I live that life experience of being a fighter. If I had a mentor like him or someone in the community I can look up to, he could be like, hey, I get where you're coming from. I, too, used to throw back booze and light them up and punch someone who just looked at me the wrong way. But let me know. It, you can go. You can overcome this. So yeah. uh, for me, I think it's a great thing. I think it's awesome. And it's ability is key. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see someone who's like me turn their life around and actually be someone I can actually model myself after. It's a lot like, um, Alex, we went to Scott, right? Mm, yes, we did. Uh, Ooh, no, we went band. to Woodward. We went to Woodward. Yeah, and, and this is the second time in a row. Um, and the first time it was Jen and I, a little white girl and, and straight white dude, even with his Black Panther shirt. Not that I was trying to pander, but it's what I wear anyway. <laughs> Those kids weren't having it. And, uh, no. and they weren't having it that much more when the black girl was with with Eric. No. I get it. it. It helps. Like You need a, a proper conduit to communicate. And Alex, as soon as you had said, um, he's got the life experience to relate to these kids, I... That's one thing. Like, it is always helpful to have that experience, regardless of what it is. I would be somewhat of a of a fraud or a charlatan if I was talking about how, me, like, my my mental health issues were my dog died and I couldn't get over it. Or OCD, I'm always thinking the door. Like, that. that's not, that's superficial shit. Like, I'm talking about, like, I have too many times thought of killing myself and what I did to overcome it. Like, I had that experience. So, whatever you're doing or whatever you're endeavoring to be successful at experience helps. Um, and the mm-hmm. other, the other thing that goes perfectly with that is he is, uh, he is not going to be a professor at UT. He's not <laughs> walking in to some type of doctoral program, uh, at St. Mercy's or ProMedica. I know this is probably a bad example because of what we found out over the last several decades of, of religious men, but he's not going to be a pastor. I mean, he is walking in like his job, like somewhere in in that job posting, which I, if you might remember, I sent it Alex's way over the summertime. Um, you, you kindly turned it down because of what we're discussing now, but he's walking into some of the most violent and dangerous neighborhoods in the city. Someone without what he's done and the engagements he has had with police in all different situations makes him the perfect person for this job, at least walking into it. He might not be the best person as we go through it, but we'll we'll address that after quarter one and then quarter two. But you can't have a, co- a completely clean sheet doing this job with what they're asking him to do. The three of us sure as hell couldn't do that job. Well, and See, also he's... He's willing to do the job. Right. He's willing to do it. And you, so you know how I feel about this. And we had this. I mean, if anybody wants to dig up the archive of the Toledo police interview we did, I don't even, whatever, October, just September, I was a little stern with like, it's important that the, the community that you represent the community that you serve, not only in just physical attributes, but in that you have that experience also. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody who's out of college getting their criminal justice degree doesn't have the ability to do something like be a police officer or even do this job and do it well. But like these, these people in this neighborhood are already going to sniff out the fact that the mayor hired a black guy and a black guy with a record to help them and may like, um, may be defiant on that. We know that we know that that happens. It's going to be up to, um, Jawan to, to, you know, have an, have a, plan for that like have a plan of action for that kind of behavior because it will happen um but you know i just don't think that i was a little disappointed i think the police union did the right thing in saying like what he has done for his life has been commendable but them kind of falling on the sword of we don't approve of this and it may not have been his own fault it sounds like they don't approve of how the mayor went about doing it but also they spoke about how this gentleman has had encounters with Toledo police officers that are still in the force. So, 
you know, they feel like they don't want them for that reason. And it's like, this could be a really good example. So maybe lay out your expectations, state how you feel about it, lay out your expectations, but do not like, don't give an endorsement when this is here to help you have a safer job, help our community be safer. Like that's what this is about. It's not about you as the, as the police union, it's about the community. Yeah. It sounds like, um, Old habits die hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, I'm watching. This is a. I think this is actually a pretty decent example. So, um, uh, Alex Thomas watches Chicago PD, right? Yes, he does. So this whole season has been about the uh, the gravelly voice guy. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> they've got to be more by the book. That's mm. the other side of things because the <clears throat> optics the optics matter, and they've they've ex- they've examined that. Um, the police patrolman's association is going by like this, this, this like gruff white police officer thing from like mm-hmm. 1980s and mm-hmm. they could have extended. And I'm sorry if any police officer hears this and they, they yeah. think I'm speaking from lack of experience. I may well be, but this was not the olive branch to get this thing off into the right foot. And all, they could have said in another way, cause I don't think this has been read and, and maybe this has been passed along to Mr. Armour from, I guess whoever his boss is, if that's the mayor or not, like you have no, you have no rope. Like there can be no slip ups. Like there cannot even be a sniff of a D like somebody can't watch you drinking too much at a bar. Like the optics are going to matter. There is no, there is no latitude here because you know, you are on, you're under the microscope. I, I agree. And so this is, this is going to be interesting. And I really feel like it could work, you know, it could work as far as him going into the community and really making a difference. I personally love to hear about stories about people like him who go in and talk to people about what he's doing. And then those folks go out and do it. And they say, I want to create that life for myself. I love hearing stuff about that. It could work with the police department and him working really well with the police, the police department. It really could work. So I do hope to see that. And I agree with you. Like I did think of that and not, this isn't, on his character at all but I personally have worked with people or interacted with people socially who work for the city who are scum like not there anymore you know not years years removed but I'll never forget that I'll never forget my experience with that particular person so I'm just like I hope that he goes that he has he has got to button up not to say that he isn't already I don't know him at all um but yeah, it, it, we see this all over the place now, and I mean, it's happening some in a lot of ways with the Andrew Cuomo thing. We'll see how that all plays out. But um, in, integrity in all things matters mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. ever, and I want to come back around to that as to why we won't talk about something. But first, Floyd, what? It's great to hear your voice. Hi. Let, let everybody know what the hell you've been up to. Well, well, well. Um, I. Where do I start? I'm working at a new job. I am a T-Mobile mobile associate now, working my way to be a mobile expert. I'm still four weeks away. Um, a bitch wears glasses now. Why? <laughs> glasses. I know. My whole, my whole 2021 happened, and my body was like, hey, nope. <laughs> you're going to be 38 this year. We went, listen, that's a good track record. I went 37 years without glasses. But on January 1st, 2021, my right eye was kind of like, I'm going to make it cloudy on everything you look at. <laughs> my right eye's like, I don't feel so well. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so I, I actually picked up my glass, my, my bought two pair, picked up my first pair of glasses today. They look really cute. I'm going to do a photo shoot later, so they'll be all over social media. Don't you worry. How, um, wait, hold yeah, on. I'm just, I have, yeah. que- I have questions. Uh, how is that going to affect Deja? Are you going to wear contacts or anything? No. Okay. So here's the thing. So I don't know eye jargon, but you two wear glasses, right? So if I say something, you'll correct me, right? Yes. Ish. So in my right eye, I have an extreme stigmatism. Yeah. That's like, stigmatism. So, yeah. Yeah. So like when I drive, when I, because I do it just like any human would do, I diagnose myself before actually going to a doctor. So, like, I would be driving home at night, and I would close my right eye, and my left eye would look normal. Then i open for a little bit, close my left eye, and then everything was, like, blurry, and the lights on the back of the car looks like fireworks. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, what the hell? So, I literally went home, Googled, and I was like, traffic light look like fireworks, and that's the first thing that showed up. So, yeah, for me, it was just one of those things, and I 
promised myself in 2021, no resolutions, because you know how I feel about them. Womp womp. I'm just going to get myself together. We're still on this little weight loss journey, but that's kind of been pushed back because of COVID, so I'm not really worried about that now. But, yeah, little steps here and there to make myself be the better person that I am, and I would say this, my mom, dad, sister, and nephew all wear glasses. I'm proud of my 37-year run without glasses. Good but, for you. But, yeah, um, yeah I'm just working. I, I start school um, March 29th. School oh, me. that's a special day. That's a special Yee. day in the in the world. It's my birthday. Is it your birthday? Okay, we're gonna yeah. party it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. after school, getting my life together. So, what's the, what's the school for? I don't want to talk about it yet, but yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, wait. You didn't you didn't answer my question, and you explained the eye. Did thing. you give me a question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I started rambling. I'm sorry. I got excited. It's about uh, me. In, a, in, a, in a stigmatism. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty standard stuff for us blind folks um <laughs> also, did, i'm a diabetic too and she said that could play a big role in it oh so, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did uh so are you going to get contacts like what's deja gonna wear because that's gonna oh you did costumes. ask me that i apologize so i can see it's just like during daylight hour during nighttime hours it's when it's really bad but like my vision's a bit blurry Got nothing it. too dramatic so i can still like I'm going to wear them religiously just so I can get used to them because I wore them on the way home today and my eyes kind of felt weird just adjusting and my mom and sister oh, were like, yeah. that's normal. I was like, it feels like my eyes are being sucked out of my face. She goes, that's your eyes realizing they can work and see again. So, but yeah, other than that, I can see, I'm not wearing them now, but like I will be wearing them at work and driving. So I'm not blind. I'm just, for me, I, I like to see more stuff in focus. Also, I'm excited to not have headaches anymore either. Ooh, headaches because you can't see are the worst. Yep. Because I was taking ibuprofen like like crack. And I was just like, why is it not working? And then I had a doctor's appointment. She's like, well, it's not your high blood pressure, which that has been going down. So I put two and two together. It's because a bitch can't see. What did you do uh, What'd you do to, to buy glasses? Where'd you get them? I went to Stan Optical because the commercial is hilarious. And I was like... I don't know where else to go. And my mom was like, yeah, that's where I went. So I, was like, I would right. expect you to do a Warby Parker or something. What's that? It's online. Yeah, I got, I've got a couple pairs from there. Everything is, every frame is $90. And they're so stylish. I can, I can one up that. Not that, like if you see something on Warby, get it. And they're great because they will send you five pairs to try on to see what you like. And then you can send them back. But I've also been using uh, iBuyDirect. And because oh. glasses, uh, like you think the internet and capitalism and all that shit is a racket. Um, the glasses industry mm-hmm. is a racket. And <laughs> like I told this to Bethany and she's like, I have insurance though. I'm like, okay, whatever. When I had that, gla- when I had that eye thing over the summertime, I got my prescription and um, I repurchased a pair that I had without lenses, without prescriptions in them. And they were $43. That's nice. So, yeah, there's a lot. And this is all a foreign language to me. It's, You'll learn it, it. It's a mess. I got I got a new pair of contacts a couple, uh, I want to say in December, because I had to spend my uh, health savings money. And my benefits, I cannot get contacts and lenses at the same time. Mm-hmm. I have to get I have to get one or the other. So, like, I, you really shouldn't wear contacts all the time. I should be able to take my contacts off at night and wear my glasses until I go to sleep. Um, it's also, I guess, helpful to get you to sleep, but I could not, when I had to change my contact, um, prescription, that would mean I have to change my prescription for my glasses, but I wouldn't have been able to afford it because I could only use my insurance benefit on one or the other, not both. Why weren't you doing 1-800-CONTACTS anyway? I don't know. I I mean, I don't, I'm actually (laughs) awful. I'm, I am terrible. I mean, from start start to finish, start meaning I faked my way to glasses when I was like seven to now. I don't. I barely change my contacts. Like, I my contacts can last me like a year and a half because I'm barely so, using them. Is it because I'm a rookie to the <laughs> yeah. game of glasses? <laughs> I don't want contacts. I rather just rock glasses. Um, like, like so there's like, lots so like, of variables to wanting contacts for me. Okay. So and like De- when I- Deja might have a say in this as well. Sure. <laughs> so 
But like, no, when I walked in, like, I think the ladies and shout out to my girls at Stanton. I don't, I don't remember your names. It's written on the card in my car. Um, card in my car. Sorry, slurred that together. Um, they were like, I did the eye exam, and they're like, "Are you interested in contacts or glasses?" And I was like, "Glasses." And then, like, she kind of was taken back, and she was like, "Are you sure?" I go, "Yes." Like I, I, I came here fully prepared for glasses, and she's like, "Okay." And like, I was kind of taken back. I was like, "What am I? Is it? Should I not get glasses?" But like, yeah. So maybe it's just because I'm new. I, I just don't have any desire for contacts. Maybe it's because I'm not at the point where I need them yet. But Eric, yeah, I don't. What do you think? So w- tell me your reasons, and then I want to see if it's the same as mine. For why you wear contacts versus glasses or why you would want contacts and glasses. Um, so God, not getting contacts sooner is one of the biggest regrets of my life. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I, I got glasses at whatever age, 13, maybe 14, but I never used them to play sports. Um, and I wish I would have worn them to play baseball. Maybe, I, maybe I'd be sitting in a major league baseball dugout right now. No, um, but I just got contacts when I was 18. I forget why, but um, the reason I'll, I'll fast forward to five years ago, six years, seven years ago, in the end of 2014, I could no longer wear contacts. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, there's these things called uh, nitrates or filtrates that started on the under part of my eyelid. And I just couldn't hold contacts in anymore. Mm. So I had to wear my glasses mm. all the time. So that means when I'm at the gym and I'm sweating, and I'm either sweating and have a hat on, it's a pain in the ass. So that's why I decided to get my eyes taken care of once and for all. But I uh, I was very broken up when I realized that I couldn't wear contacts anymore. It's just, and I'm not even the kind of person that I didn't sleep in them. I took mm-hmm. them out. I, I, like Alex, two weeks? You mean two-month contacts? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't sleep in them. I didn't put them in my eyes. If they ripped, I made sure to clean them to the best of my ability. But my time being able to keep them in my eyes just ran out. But there's just a lot more you can do. Um, But the the opposite of that is, like, if you go somewhere and you're staying overnight somewhere, make sure you bring your your capsules and your... It's a lot. Like, I'm not going to say that having glasses is... Where contacts is easier because it's mm-hmm. not, it's one more thing to remember. Right. Seeing is good too. So you I will, probably. I was yeah. saying, sorry, Alex, I'm going to interrupt real quick. But I will say this I did experience bitches about a mask wearing glasses today. Uh, I, it calmed <laughs> up so quick. And, I was, and you know me, I'm a mask rights crusader. But even I was just like, oh, this is some bullshit. Like, even I had that moment. All right, go, Alex. I'm sorry. Well, I had, so I got contacts in the eighth grade. So I was like 13. Damn. uh, Because I played sports. So it was just terrible when I was playing sports. And I had like really bad teenage acne. And I was just, I felt like I was really ugly. I wonder if my, my mom probably has pictures. She can show you. And I had, I was really insecure. So my mom like took me to get my hair straightened. And I got my hair done a couple times a week or a couple times a month and I got contacts. And so I blossomed a little bit and it made me feel better, like um, self-esteem wise. But I also have really terrible vision, like even now, like your vision will progressively get worse. I have very terrible vision. And so my glasses are very thick. And so it's just not, it's it, like, if I don't have my contacts in, I cannot put my eyeliner on unless I am literally nose to the mirror, like nose oh, to okay. nose. So may- like I can't, yeah. There's the Deja thing again. Yeah, so I can't, <laughs> right. So I can't see. And um, so it's, and then I put my glasses on and my, my lenses are like, my vision is so bad that it makes my eyes look smaller, like the opposite magnifying effect, if that makes sense. So then you can't really see my like facial features. So I just wear contacts all the time um, because my vision is just so terrible. And I have an I have oily skin even down to the fact that I have oily skin. So my glasses are always like moving down my nose and then my mm. naturally my face is trying to push them up so then I get a headache from that. So every year I get allergies so I need to wear my glasses because then like it my vision will just go blurry because my um allergies oh, yeah. in my the allergies in my eyes are doing that to my contacts. So I will wear my glasses for that because I won't be able to see at all for a couple weeks. 
But um, yeah, I tend to stay away from my glasses altogether because it's just, it's a, it's a um, self-esteem thing for me, at least. My vision is awful. Floyd, Alex mentioned uh, one other piece of darkness with all this that I learned. <laughs> um, in all likelihood, and you can ask, like, ask everybody else in your family, um, your vision will get worse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just, if you get older or your, your eyes become more reliant on the glasses, mm-hmm. you'll be wearing them more and more. I remember after I got my, like Alex, um, if I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I could only find my way around the house because I live there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't actually, <laughs> right, you know your surroundings. Yeah, I couldn't actually <laughs> see anything. And I remember before I got my eyes done, I'm like, wow, I'm going to see how dirty my shower really is now. And then when I was done with all the stuff and I was throwing my glasses away and I was like, you motherfuckers, why didn't any of you make fun of these Coke bottles I was wearing? <laughs> well, I, like, mean. I, I seriously think you could have put that, those things like up against the, spa- the, the sky and you could have seen uh-huh. like, the moons of Pluto. That's how thick they were. But that, so, that's how bad my prescription was. That's yep. crazy. Well, here's the thing. So here's the thing. So And then when I went to like the optometrist and everything, like she was really nice. She sat down with me. and like, Although I will say this. I am happy no one told me about the, um, what the hell is that? The wind blowing in the eye test. Oh, oh the puff. Because if, if y'all would have told me that, I would not have done that. Like, <laughs> I know he did it hurt or was it, it, it was more, it was scary. I ain't gonna lie about it. it was, it's like, I'm not, I was gonna try to be a big old butch man about it. But I know it didn't hurt, but she was like, just lay your eye here. We're going to put a puff of air in there. There, there's no countdown for the puff right. of air. So your eye is just anticipating yep. what is going to be like this hurricane of air flowing at you. But it's literally in the do- in, in the in the script. It's just a puff of mm-hmm. air. So it was just like, it's but like not- in my head, I'm like, it's going to be like, like those money machines where the people are trying to grab the money. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking is going to happen in my eye. So like the whole time, and she's like, are you okay? Like my eye at this point is just has its mind of its own, just, just, just starts freaking out. So it's like watering. And she's like, do you have a twitching problem? I'm like, no, but where's the hair <laughs> you've been talking about? Which felt like 20 minutes. I'm sure it was only like 15 seconds. So, but yeah. So then back to the original moment of that. But yeah. No, Floyd, I'm talking to- you're, you're right to have realized how terrifying that is. <laughs> it is. I, oh, oh, it, and it, you're right. The puff is nothing. Like oh. if I'm like, Floyd, can I blow oh. on your blow on your eye right now you'd be like sure it's the anxiety of anticipation anticipation i don't know what puff machines you guys have but ours is a little more aggressive ours is more no. like a <laughs> no, no, like, no, I, I kid you not she's like just look at the green light and i go okay she goes there's going to be a little puff oh, but yeah, in my head i heard there's going to be a train forced wind going to hit your eye so like i start like putting my hands on my knees and rubbing my hands back and forth. Oh my and she's God. Like, Are you okay? I go, it's fine. Just bring on the puff. No, but when I talked to the eye doctor, I was like, so is this like a correction for glasses or like, cause like she, she even said, she goes, you're not that bad, but she's like, it's not going to get better. So like, yeah. even I was just like, so like wearing glasses, I know it won't reverse, but like, will I maintain this course? And she just goes, no, no. you're beyond <laughs> that. It's probably just going to get worse. And I just go, Okay, but she's like, but you have like years to go. But she's like, you're not gonna have the vision you had when you were like 25. So I was like, thanks, Doc. But yeah, so yeah, to elaborate on what you said, she was very upfront and was just like, it, it'll probably stay the same for a while, but the next step will probably just be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get better, unfortunately. Um, let me uh, let me move us along. Um, those were Floyd's struggles, Alex. I feel also like Floyd's eyes not getting better. I don't think your house hunting is going to get any better or easier. Uh, <laughs> I've been following I, on social media. Is it really that much of a pain? So it it is. It's not that it's a pain. I think it's, and I'm not trying. I promise you, I'm not trying to be dramatic. And I want the two of you to remind me of this day, but I don't <laughs> think we're going to find something. And the reason I say that is because there's so many people looking there was last year, um, and I think that's going to be the same thing this year. I don't know if there's going to be that many people selling as much as there was last year. And so 
there's one house that goes on the market and it's got like 60 people that are looked that saved it, looked at it or and then probably 30 that want to view it. And so even if you like it, you could be one of 20 offers. Who's to say oh. they're going to accept your offer? You know what I mean? Right. And, and and then and so on and so forth, just because that's the way that the market is right now. So it's like I'm slightly concerned and I have 90 days. So I have until like May, um, you know, to find something until we have to get we have to like maybe get pre-approved again and the and our lease is up. But our like that's where I'm like, so then we would go month to month and, so that we could be open to buying for potentially the next 12 uh, months. But our month to month fee is an extra three hundred dollars a month. I, I have a I have a question for you. Yeah, I'm glad that you've gone in this direction. So I'm going to really zoom out here and look at the long game. Do you have a long term plan? Because I don't know if this situation is going to improve within the year. No, so I don't have a long, I mean, move out of here probably into something bigger because my, like I am getting, that's the only reason, and that might be the only reason why I'm a little like discouraged because in like, we're in an apartment that's, you know, 900 square feet with two dogs and a cat and just, we're growing out of it. It's a one bedroom. So I really don't ever have people over. I can't entertain my friends from out of town. You know what I mean? It's just not. It's not ideal. I can, but it's just not ideal. And so um, I'm getting a little antsy and I'm just like, am I going to be out of this situation anytime soon? It doesn't look like it. And I'm not, I'm still trying to be level headed about it and that I am not like setting my heart on anything that I see. Like I'm not imagining myself and what paint I'm going to use in the bedroom, if that makes any sense. Because the other issue is I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. I have a fair amount of student loans. My credit is right on the cusp of good, but not quite there. Um, Thomas is still working on things like, you know what I mean? We didn't have the greatest financial literacy in our 20s. And so we're paying for it. So we actually have an FHA loan instead of a conventional loan, which means the government has given us a loan to assist us in finding a house. But that means that a lot of other but there's requirements that go along with that. So the government's like, fine, we'll give you a loan, but we will not give you a loan if you're moving into a house that has bad foundation or they don't want us living in like a nasty place. You know, mm. so anybody, any homeowner that's selling has the right to accept or deny an FHA loan. And they can say, well, my house has got some leaks in the basement, so I'm not going to accept that loan because they're going to make me fix it before I can sell it to them. Oh, okay. um, so that's, you know, that's that's an issue. Um, and with an FHA loan, our down payment has to be like half a percentage higher than if it was a conventional loan. So people can say, you know what, we'll pass on the FHA loan. We'll go with the conventional because we have six offers from people with conventional loans. So we won't even have to worry about it. And then, um, you know, again, we like Thomas and I, we make good money for it. We do well for ourselves, but not enough to be able to save thousands of dollars for a down payment and then pay thousands of dollars in closing costs. So it's you just, you don't always have to do closing. In fact, you, they, you they don't do it. Well, but they, but they can say, nah, I right. have other offers. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know that you don't always have to do it. And I know that we can write it into our loan as well. But those are just all the reasons why somebody who's selling, who has 12 offers on the table, are going to pull out the best offer. I mean, I had to go as far as writing like a, a little summary of who Thomas and I were just to appeal to the seller to say, you know what, I want to give this couple their, you know, Alex, she went away. Somebody, um, she, they we, can we, say, somebody just called you. Yeah, somebody just called did me. Sorry. A, did you have to write a love note to the seller? I did. So I had to write something to the sell to any potential seller that basically explaining like who Thomas and I are. And the Thomas hated the concept so much he refuses to read it because he feels like we're asking. It's like we're a charity case, I and we're a, not. I have a friend. Um, must have been six or seven years ago now. It, he was in a bloodbath of competing offers, and yeah. it was an older couple. They didn't need to sell it. They weren't trying to get money. They were find, trying to find the, the best owners for this beautiful home that they had lived in forever. He wrote a love note, and they got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so we did. I mean, and it's like, I'll send it to you. Like, I hate to say it, but like, we have been through some really like, bolt, like, 
when I met Thomas, he was bathing and wiping his mom's ass. You know what I mean? Like daily feeding them and taking care of his family. Like we have been through some stuff. So I put right. it in writing and just said, our parents have passed. It is now we have the mental space to be able to do what we want with our lives. We're engaged. We're going to get married and get a home. And we have the like we have the mental space to want a baby and a family and be able to do that but now we have this barrier like <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm like oh man this is gonna be interesting and i'm not we're not afraid to walk away because we're not going to settle for something that's that much money if that makes any sense there's and you deserve it too because like you it's, it's something you deserve and it's just yeah i like and we've i've been very vocal about this even from the show like i never want to own a house i don't that's just not in my mindset yeah i'm sure that that could change down the road but like it's you hear stories of and and you you're not the only one, but like you you hear story story of these people overcoming adversities, getting them live, getting their lives mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. and it's just like for me, I was in Floyd. Hello, yeah, yeah someone called me too. Oh. <laughs> someone, like in those situations, I would be like, I deserve this. Like, but you, yeah. how do you tell someone else you deserve it, and you can actually? back up what you say you know what i mean so i just i get where i guess to elaborate i kind of feel where thomas is coming from because oh I don't yeah know if i could do that yeah but in my brain i'm like i deserve this there yeah there's there, there's one thing here and i i hope alex you accept this if not sure you can punch me in the face this is just bad timing Oh, it is 100 percent. it's nothing more than supply and demand and even if the pandemic hadn't have happened we probably would have skewed this any skewed this way anyway because of how low interest rate rates were now there there could be a positive and and negative here and i i I wonder if you are not out of luck for the year unfortunately um but i think interest rates will go up Mm -hmm. so that might back off some buyers but that will make things um a bit more more expensive so that's why i asked you if there's a long-term backup plan like renting somebody's house or something like that where you can get the space that you need but you don't have to necessarily tie yourself into anything and thomas can practice mowing the lawn <laughs> i actually like to mow the lawn so not to say he would but i remember you saying that a few i do a few enjoy yard work yeah i enjoy being being outside but i you know we'll see like i i'm i feel like in one aspect i'm really level-headed and then i'm just like real about the circumstances i agree it's just really bad timing the problem is no one knows how long this bad timing is going to be the other part and i was talking to my brother about it like i know that they say like having money doesn't always make things easier but in this case it would because if we if we if we had no problem going up 20 30 grand more then we would have a different pool of homes that we would be looking into our like budget is as average as a size eight shoe for women. Like Wait, ho- it is. Hold on. The the competitiveness applies to all levels of income. You might winnow away some people, but it's not like it was eighteen months ago. There would still be people to compete with. Sure. No, I know that. But those are the houses that are lasting a little bit longer, not yep. the ones that are going after a week or a or a day or two days after they hit the market. Those are the ones that are just lasting a little bit longer, so they might not get an offer as quickly. Um, so it would be a little bit easier for us if we did have a little bit more to work with in our budget, but we don't. And we still have a really, it's like, we're trying to be really level about it. We have a really good budget. We never thought that we would be where we are as potential like homeowners. So be grateful. Like we're trying to humble ourselves all together. And I chose not to put that in the letter. I didn't put that we were a black couple. I didn't, <laughs> for obvious reasons, I did not put, um, that we never thought we would be homeowners. I stayed away from that, but it's still factual. Like it's still real. I would, you know? the, I would, I would hit him with the baby thing. I, I, I wouldn't hit I him. Did. With the- <laughs> I did. And Toledo police. <laughs> like I did. I did. I hit him with the baby thing. I hit him with the, you know, Thomas is now on the eligibility list for Toledo police. So he, you know, after all of this stress in our lives and as our young twenties, like unusual stress that people in their early to mid twenties experience, 
we are now able to live out the goals and the dreams that we've wanted for ourselves. And this would then, this would set the foundation for that. By growing our family and giving back to this city that we love so much. Exactly, exactly. And so if someone can forgive some of my student loans, I'd really appreciate it because it would change things for us in real life. I wouldn't necessarily say the down payment um, proposal would help because that would mean a lot of other people are getting it too. So we're, we would be in the same boat. But, um, you know, it'll happen when it happens. Maj made sure to tell me that what's for you will happen when it's for you. I understand that. And if it, you know, if we don't get through this pre-approval phase with something, then we will go on to the next and potentially rent a home and live that, live that out until we can find something else. Look at, not condos. Don't, 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 no, 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 no. Well, yes. Um, but, <laughs> Um, maybe if there is a spot, like look at it again, look at, look at me trying to be the optimist. Um, I know you have your eyes set on certain areas, but maybe you can find a home to rent in those areas. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go give like the neighborhood in the area, like a test run. Sure. And then when the time is right, I know you've thought of all this stuff, but I'm just, I'm just getting it on tape. We um, also, <laughs> we also, I mean, I still get, we, there were some that we looked at that were like on tax abatement properties and it was just like we we drove by and we were like, you know what, we're again, we're not going to force like a circle and a square hole like we're just not going to do that. So, no, you know, no, no. So I have another tour. I had a tour on Sunday and we have another tour on Wednesday. But th- like we when we toured on Sunday, we booked the tour for Wednesday and she goes, there's only one spot left. So just take this spot. My so God. That, that's how how many people are going to tour that house that hasn't even hit the market yet. So um, it's just it's just bad timing. The only concern is you just don't know how long, you know? Alex, when I was looking for homes a couple, uh, the summer of 18, yeah, <laughs> I could have moved into some of these houses. That's how much time I had to spend in them, looking <laughs> at them. So it's like exactly. a totally different world right now. Exactly, so, and the budget, probably what, what you could afford then is not what you could afford now, you know? Can I ask a question? I mean, yeah. like, for me, like, non-wanting homeowner person right here, how do you, um, when you go and you have, how do you not get your hopes up? Because it seems like it's a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's an honest <laughs> to God question. Yeah. Because it seems like, and you're not, you're not the only friend that I know that's going through this, but it seems like it's just a lot of damn denial. And there's a lot of, yeah. like, doors being shut in your face, no pun intended. Like, how do you not get your hopes up and just say, excuse my language, Fuck it. Because me, I, I don't know if I could be in the long haul for that. Like, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't even care. I'm just going to go live back in my apartment. Like, Floyd, how do you not get so discouraged? Floyd, I'm you, discouraged for you. <laughs> you have friends say things like, that wasn't going to be your forever home, your forever home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have tons of friends saying that. Also, we don't even, if it makes any sense, we don't even walk through the door. So... I have already like I spent the summer giving getting my hopes up if that's if that makes any sense like I spent the summer with those unrealistic thoughts of oh this could be my house oh this is going to be it oh this is going to be it here it is this is for us and then realizing it doesn't really work that way we did put in an offer in a house in the summertime which I know we talked about on the podcast and they could not accept it because we had an FHA loan ironically the offer we put in was $25,000 more than the offer they accepted mm. but they could not accept our offer because it was with an FHA loan and they knew the house would not pass that inspection. So, um, I learned pretty early. So, and then we stopped looking. So, you know, from, I think we stopped in September. And so from September until now, we weren't even out there trying to look, I mean, I would see houses like pop up and I'm like, Oh, this is cute. This is cute. Love this. I think I started texting Eric with some in like January, but I knew that I was not going to go back to our lender until the end of February to get pre-approved, to get ready, to get going again. Um, so I just have a different outlook on it and that I, because I have to, to like maintain my sanity. I know Thomas, like he got a little discouraged. We had a conversation that almost turned into an argument one day because he thought that I was being like, he thought I was on edge and I was like, I'm not on edge. I'm fine. And he goes, this is supposed to be a happy period. And I said, no, it's not. Who the hell said buying a house is supposed to be happy? (laughs) No, it's not. It's going to be stressful. And we have to be prepared for that so that we don't get stressed. 
if that makes any sense. It can be challenging, but that doesn't mean we have to respond to it in that way. Alex, you're right. I didn't have any competition, and it was grueling trying yeah. to compare, like, one house to another in the same neighborhood, and we're going to switch this out, and what's this is going to cost, and what about... You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Maybe, fingers crossed, if you guys can get through the summertime or at least maybe into August, things will cool after families have found new school districts and whatnot and something will land in your lap. Yeah, I mean, the immediate need is to get out of the apartment that we're in as our lease ends just because it's too expensive. I mean, that would put us at almost $1,500 a month in rent alone. Like, it's just too expensive and uh in a one bedroom like just too much and there's we're we've grown out of it i want to give our babies like a yard i know that's so small just my dogs but you know what i mean like there's just so many things that we can't do that i feel like i'm ready to get on the other side of that mm -hmm. and not to say i'm 30 so not to say the kid argument is i need to know that there's a plan in place so that i can we can you know because i as i get mm -hmm. older the risks get higher but Thomas is about to be 33. So <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, we're getting just a little bit older and that is a goal for us while my mom is still healthy. And you know, it was a goal for us while our parents were still alive, but that just wasn't something that we could accomplish by then. And you know, you can do it too. You know yeah. what I mean? That, yeah, that yeah. can be the other yeah. factor with me backing up what I said, like me just getting agitated and discouraged. Like I know right. I can do this, but proving to someone else that you can do it it's probably just a whole nother right it's a whole right. nother set of rules there's a ton to be grateful for there's a ton i mean there's a ton to be grateful for but there's just the challenge of we're not going to put you know i don't even know the term we're not going to put a circle through a square hole and try to make it work so what what like you said eric what's the long term plan if it doesn't work out rent a house yeah go live downtown for a year get it out of your system like i did Oh, no, I got that out of my system before I even moved here. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, I don't want to talk about the Golden Globes um, mm. because uh, they are... What happened? Well, nothing. nothing. Um, there's Wait, did they air? The last yeah, night. last night. Yeah, and everything was virtual. Awards are still happening? Yes, yeah. they are. Oh, girl, um, bye. That don't, they don't, that don't count. And Alex... <laughs> My my disinterest in them has nothing to do with the <clears throat> 87 people in the Hollywood Foreign Press, none of which are <laughs> of any kind of color other than none, white. It, none. It's just I read this and it has and again it has nothing to do with no black voters. It's just I read a couple of pieces and I'm like I'm tired of the favoritism, corruption and cronyism. There's not a whole lot of integrity, but I don't want to sit like I don't know if you, if you were on Twitter today. Like Justin was having his life with the Golden Globes and some of the things that, that he I didn't liked, know they aired, so no. <laughs> yeah, some of the things that he he liked won, but use them as a guide. But for for God's sakes, don't let any award show for anything these days steer you or mess with your day because there's very little integrity and there's just a teeny tiny several ounces of of merit involved in any of it, and it's kind of despicable. Aren't a virtual award shows now just expensive Zoom calls? Like yes. you just put everyone. Jodie Foster in their was block. in pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> like Jason Sudeikis was in a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. like you just put everyone in their own little bubble, and then if they win, that's just their chance to talk at a meeting. Like isn't yeah. that what it is now? Basically, Girl, that sounds boring. It was awkward. Chadwick Boseman's wife was like that was that was powerful. So that was really nice. But yeah, I don't. Although, okay, so we're not talking, we're not quite talking about the Golden Globes, but I'm curious because we had this conversation weeks ago when we were talking about Bridgerton and my mom's like, okay, well, I can't take this show serious because it's a fantasy. A black person would never be a Duke. Perfect example. The Crown has won numerous awards over and over and over again. Historically, black people did not, there was not, Princess Diana was not black. But if a black woman was able to play that role, she would have an opportunity for the recognition as well. And there's no reason why they can't tell the same story that Diana lived, if that makes any sense, just with a different actress. So that, that I, like I, I was thinking about it because I did not know that there was 87 people in the um, Hollywood, Hollywood Press. Foreign Press and none of them were of yeah. color. I didn't know that. And, and I do know 
that winning awards is a catalyst to getting offers for bigger and bigger roles. But if only white folks are willing, winning awards and only white folks are getting those roles. Mm -hmm. I loved that what Bridgerton did with it, but I know that there were so many people who couldn't take it serious, but should we, <laughs> you know what I mean? Should they? It's a fantasy. It's a fan yeah, that's what TV is. And I don't even reality I, shows are fantasy. But I'm talking about TV that is based on re like that is based on like like a real kind of time. yeah, like artistic expression, but based on a real story, like The Crown. I, I that that's a, that's pretty, but that's far. Like when we're talking about the spectrum of real and fantasy, that's far away from Bridgerton. But I you gotta keep I understand your point. I think um the the chest one. Is Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit, and, and I think The Crown is a bad example because I think that show is beloved. And, and also with The Crown, sorry to cut you off, it, it's an iconic show because it's, it's pertaining the life of an iconic family. Like, right. And I get what you're saying about a person of color playing Diana, but for me as a black person who loves The Crown, I'd be like, that's not Diana. Because, you know what I mean? Like for me, that I would see. be me. I'd be like, "That's not and, Diana," because I'm not looking at it as whatever her name is playing Diana. I'm looking at it like, "Ooh, Princess Diana is still alive and she's still on my TV." But I, but I get where you're coming from. But for me as a viewer, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's I can't get behind that." Alex, the color thing I think came up with like the Five Bloods. Mm. I think the new Daniel Kaluuya should have been movie. yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, nothing yep. for for Lovecraft. I and mean, there were a lot of b black entertainment last year. And and for me, when I say that I can't watch these things, because in some ways I know how the back end of these works from being at least in the media industry for a long time. Between cronyism, favoritism, and just out and out corruption, and then that that doesn't even include like any kind of blatant racism that, yeah. or sexism that exists. Um, is this people like like you said people hooking up their friends with votes so they can bi get bigger roles like those dirty icky politics it takes away mm -hmm. from the meritorious nature of all of it yeah it's like um I have to make a bad sports analogy here even for both of you I think so I don't need Barry Bonds to be in the Hall of Fame I know he cheated but I also know that he had a lot of fucking home runs and I, me per se I don't need him to be in a building mm -hmm. to know mm -hmm. that Wow, what he did was incredible. I my Hall of Fame for whatever is in between my two ears. Well, and even to back that up, this may be way off subject, but if anyone's listening who likes award shows or movie fanatics, if you're listening, it think about what that's what happened to Monique when she won her Academy Award. She it's it, in the line of her acceptance speech, the very first line, she said, "Thank you for giving me this award and allowing it to be about my performance and not the politics." Because keep in mind, when you're nominated for Academy Award, you can campaign yourself to win. Right. Who did we talk you know about, I mean? Floyd? It's, was it Ryan Gosling we, a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, we talked about, yeah, it was you. Thank you. I was like, I thought we had this. It was you and I. Because you can campaign. You can, you can be nominated for one of the worst movies ever. But if you're nominated for Best Actor, you can campaign the shit oh. out of yourself and win. And like when Monique said, thank you for giving me this award based on my performance and not politics. Everyone looked at her like she was crazy and was like, what do you mean? Because she spoke about it. And we're like, what do you mean? We, we give these awards based on the performance. And you're like, no, that's not true. Because there's many times I've seen these award-winning movies and I'm like, I don't get it. But yeah, I, you and I did talk about that. Um, I'm about to call you Michael. I'm sorry, Eric. I don't even know Michael. Who's Michael? You, we, we know you know Michael. <laughs> I do know. Stop. I know. I totally put my foot in my mouth. I totally just about to call Eric Michael. But no, yeah, we did talk about this together. Yeah. Um, final thoughts on not talking about the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only other thing I was shocked about is that Sia, Sia's film got nominated. And I'm like, wait, the problematic one that about yeah. with the girl with autism that didn't have autism? Like, <laughs> what? Um, I, and so I just knew it was bullshit. And then there was a category with... Um, Lovecraft Country and The Mandalorian and neither one of them won so I was like oh no I'll I'm actually pass. googling now I'm actually excited Audra Day won because I want Audra Day movie. me too so that was I the other highlight movie. and it wasn't because she was black <laughs> that was the other highlight like yes to Audra Day what did anybody know offhand what were the other uh, that category with Mandalorian and would you just who said the no, crown I really won I think it was the crown that won 
Yeah, it was the crown. And the Mandalorian won. was in that category. Mandalorian was in that category. Yes. Okay. How do you judge on those two right. though? Because they're like, completely that's my different. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, let's let's and oh, one last thing. I'm sure there are still some people uh, surprised that Isla Fisher is married to Sha- Sasha Baron Cohen. I learned that a long time ago, and I loved her support. I was like, oh my gosh, good for her. She was so excited. She was so excited. Did uh did anybody see the Jonah Hill story? Yes. Yes. Okay, then we'll He's ta- daddy. Let me uh let me throw this out real fast. I'll I'll he set is. this up. <laughs> He uh, he has fluctuated in his weight, whether through personal choice or for roles. I'm not sure, but uh, I think it was the the da- one of the, the one of the creepy websites, one of the one of the imposing websites over in Phillips Country, um, snagged some pictures of him surfing, and the internet had a had a field day with it. And he just we went on Instagram. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm 37 years old, and it took me a long time to to be comfortable." With my shirt off. And you know what? That spoke to me because when I was a chubby but athletic kid, I never wanted to be on the skins team when we did shirts and skins. So let me tell you, I'm 37. I've never taken my shirt off anywhere in public. Like to go Except- swimming or like, but like to go swimming, I always have uh-huh. a teacher. I'm in my whole, my entire life, I can guarantee you, mine is probably me being a five year old and my mom saying, that but as a conscious young adult teenager grown-ass man i have never ever because that's why it was so that's why when you said jonah hill and i was like yes and i started laughing when you said maybe he fluctuated his weight for a role i said hey, he's never fluctuated his weight for a role he's i was like what role <laughs> like is that what <laughs> actors get to say i want to yeah. say that yeah he's just <laughs> a thick dude and i feel it and that's why i was like he's daddy he is, he is, you know, and when one Supreme goes away, another one rises. That for, surprises for me, me, though. That's Jonah Hill. I, I'm here for him. Let me throw out the second half of my thought. Of, of Yes, yes. So, yeah, I could feel that, especially um, when, I, when I was growing up. And then I lost a bunch of weight in my late teens and early 20s. But I will tell you this. He said he's 37 years old now. And I, and I think I, I could say it doesn't matter how attractive you are. Uh, according to society, you know, my little scale of the one, even even the people who are like genuine eights, nines, and tens, it prop like generally speaking, it probably takes you until your mid thirties when you can stop, when you can put other people's opinions aside, mm. and then be somewhat happy yep. with yourself. I know that I think I hit that for a period. Like I had this pocket of twenty seventeen and eighteen, and I was like. This, like, I feel good to be me. And then all of a sudden, you hit the age where things start go- going down. So take advantage <laughs> of the two or three years after you're tired of people picking you apart and before you start letting age and gravity take over to enjoy it. But, again, no one is ever going to – we are all our own worst critics. So all I can suggest is try to block it out and get to your mid-30s as fast as possible. And well, the I... Brit- British tabloids are ruthless. You know what I mean? So, like, they probably – are. Yeah, they, like, probably – I didn't read the article. I just, you know, I, I was that person. I was like, oh, Jonah Hill. Read the headline and kind of just put two two together. But I was just like, but the British tabloids, they're ruthless. I'm sure they murdered him for his body size at the stake. And he was just like, listen, I'm not even from here. I don't care. I mean, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I am still, I don't care what, I don't think I've ever seen anyone or felt any negative reactions to like me or my body they're all in my head. So it's my own feelings and negative reactions and how I feel about myself, but it doesn't come from another person or, or if that makes any sense, maybe like Mm -hmm. on a larger scale, um, it comes from like just seeing other people live, you know, lives. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I could look like that because I have, my weight has gone up and down and my, like the way that I feel and my quality of life is drastically different, if that well, makes any sense. It, it does, does make sense because I was going to say, like, to me, <coughs> excuse me, you appear perfect. You know what I mean? Like, you do. I, I tell you all the time. I think you are probably mm. one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. But like, it's one of, um, it's like when you talk to one of your friends who you think in your head is like they get mm. everything. They're so attractive. Blah 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 blah. But then when you hear them talk about their insecurities. You kind of go back in your head, like, mm. what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you you mm-hmm. have everything. Like, you look amazing. But like, to be, that's just the um, 
reinforce what you said. Everything we think, and when you get to a certain age, because keep in mind, when you're younger, there is side chatter. But when you do get older, most of the side chatter happens inside your own head. Inside and it's your hard own to head, get yeah. out of that. Nobody told me after I turned 12 that I was chubby, overweight, or had a big nose, but that stuff lingers with you. And then Mm -hmm. like, like Alex, you've said in Floyd, you just, you know, pointed out again, nobody says that to your face when you're 27 years old, but it still lingers in your head. And then you hit 36 and you're like, I don't fucking care. And then you, and then you get older and things start breaking down. You're like, fuck, it was a good two year run. And I was not, I mean, when I was obviously like, and I'm not, I'm one of millions of women where I was really thin up until like my early twenties. And I was not like, not to say grateful for it as if like that's the ideal, but I didn't know what I had, if that makes any sense. I wasn't as insecure. If anything, I was a mean girl. Like I remember thinking Khloe Kardashian was fat. You know what I mean? Because I was so much smaller than her. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and Khloe Kardashian in the early years was overweight. And th- because I was that kind of girl. And now, you know, obviously I've learned and I've grown lot tons. And so I, like think back and I'm like that shameful Alex like you were awful and I still think I was I was pretty nice but that was just in my mind in my head that was what I thought of her not something I would have said out loud or trolled her on social media about or said to anyone else but that was what I thought look somebody shamed her into completely revamping her entire body oh yeah oh absolutely oh she got hell she got so much shame for it she definitely did what I Wait, for the way she looked or what she did to herself? For the way she looked. Oh, so I'm... then she did what she, she lost weight and then did what she did to herself. That's, it's a, this is a very thorny issue. And that's where I only imagine, like, what if she would have said, I don't care what any of you think. I don't care what, what this family or mm-hmm. what the network thinks my aesthetic should be. I'm fine the way I am. But she got bullied into looking like what she looks like now. And she looks like I'm a sure complete... that paycheck didn't hurt either. <laughs> right. Like Just I could, I feel, don't you always say like, you can be skinny if you could have a chef. <laughs> like, there you go. I've always said this to Eric. I'm Never just broke. Eric. No one's really ugly. We're just poor. We're yeah. just poor. <laughs> no one's really ugly. We're just poor. Like if, if it was your job to work out and eat perfectly all day long instead of doing what you do, yeah, it's a lot easier. But that, like, those, that family, two of the three of them, two of the three sisters have caused a lot of carnage. And maybe mm-hmm. they've done some good. But they have caused a lot of carnage in... The female aesthetic of... Can I guess which one? Floyd, do you really even have to... Tell me the one that hasn't caused the damage. I say say Courtney. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's the most related. Like, if I had to choose to actually hang out with one of them, it would probably be Courtney. Yeah. The other two have... (laughs) almost made it a rite of passage for certain types of young girls to desire to change their body. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. And it's still, you know what I mean? It's, it's not to say that group, but the culture that it has created is still part is it's very much still within me as 30 year old Alex and what I like strive to look like or why I always have to strive to look like something and not just like, live with what I got and be cool with it when I'm surrounded by so many people who want me to just live with what I got and be cool with it. You know what I mean? But there, it, there really is something to say that when I, you know, last summer when I lost like 20 pounds and before I met Thomas, I lost like 35. I felt so much better about myself. So then everything else was good. If that makes any sense. Like I had fun and I did things and there was just, there was just more drive to enjoy life because I felt better about myself. Like that's how much it changes things. And a lot less pizza and a lot less alcohol. Um, no, I still did those things, but I exercised like daily. So I was able to account for it. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, we, we got to run, but, uh, uh, one thing, uh, Max raised three thousand dollars over the weekend. Oh, jeez! Uh, next time, next time we need a levy to go up for uh, voting, let's just send Max and his hot cocoa out somewhere, and he'll raise that money for us. Or his lemonade, yeah. Lemonade, good on co- you, Max. Whatever Do- he's got. 
Do we know what that's going for? Like, I know it was for Toledo Police, but um. I don't know specifically. I only imagine him like, uh, like arming TPD to the teeth so we can have those tanks rolling down Monroe Street. Maybe it'll a be kid. a cute for a cute little <laughs> kitty a kitty program for Toledo Police or like a buddy program. Maybe they can revamp that um, the kindergarten town that they all have to go through now. You know what I'm talking about? No. no. They, they, oh God. I don't even remember. You know, it, it's a little village that the kindergartners go to. Safety Town. <laughs> Safety Town. There we oh, go. Yeah, they can revamp town. that, make it look more modern, and not like Little House on the Prairie. Oh my gosh! It doesn't um, like Little House on the Prairie. Other than that, I think it was a pretty quiet weekend. Locally. I mean, I think the only reason we didn't hear any more drama about the um, violence interrupter is because of everything that went down with the young men at St. John's. And that thing hit the skids real fast. Um, you think so? It was a Friday afternoon. You're not going to get anywhere on a Friday afternoon with news. Yeah. They did come out with a statement, though, I think, yesterday that was really well written. The so. kids did? They did. Did oh, you not see it? I did not see it. Will you oh, please yeah. pass along to me? I will. I Thank figured you. that's why, I, now that we're at the end of the podcast, I thought we would have talked about it today, but if you didn't see it, that would make sense. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was waiting uh, for them to get the phone call from Gail, but man, when you have some, on Friday afternoon, that's why they call it a news dump. It was very well written. They used words I didn't even, I'm like, what is, what is this? Let <laughs> me Google, Google it. it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me, good job, young men. Nothing so. better than you, you using Google Translator on an um, English word. <laughs> like, what? Um, Floyd, we uh, we we need to have you back soon, please. I know that you've got work stuff. And this well, is... I'm just in that transition period where I'm trying to figure out a schedule, but like I think I've gotten the rut of it and everything. So yeah, I'll I'm going nowhere. Don't don't let Rand Paul hear you use that word. He will be one pissed off senator. What, what, use what word? Transition. Oh, uh, oh what a cool. dickhead. <laughs> cool. I know we're wrapping up, but to make tradition, tradition a tradition, guess what, Eric? Bye. No, no, no. I ain't got no clothes. Oh, oh my God. Are you slapping your body? Yeah. I'm slapping my body. Somebody asked me with some of my Facebook stuff. They're like, I see your shower uh, and I see the pot. Are you going to podcast naked? I'm like, Wrong one. That's Floyd. But yeah, that I, had... I have to do it naked. Awesome. All right, uh, Floyd. Why don't you give us the the out cue, please? Here we go. <clears throat> bye. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>